Next on BYU Sports Nation, the year is 2019. What is the number one goal within the current realm of BYU football? Think big! AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco joins us. Do they want BYU and have they reached out? Plus, with the addition of two graduate transfer running backs, where do you place the new guys in the depth chart? Who's the number one guy right now? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Everybody get down on Friday. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your June 28th, wherever and however you're connected. This is how we do it on a Friday. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the curator of Eric Mika's basketball photo gallery, Jerem Jordan. Uh, you tweeted out uh, some pictures of him saying, hey, he's going to play with the Kings, which, by the way, I said Yoli Childs would play on the Summer League with the Kings. Uh, he's back at BYU. That's incorrect. I uh, want to acknowledge that. Also, we're wearing Team USA jerseys. Uh, this is the only acceptable use of red. But you tweeted some pictures of Eric Mika, to which he responded, uh, hey, can you check with me next time you figure out those pictures? Send those pictures out. I think he looks good in They're these. They're not that bad, are they? A nice beard. The post-BYU beard, you know? Somebody said, I thought it was Jamie Lannister. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we referenced that show? Uh, thanks, boys. <laughs> Next time, consult me on the pictures used here. Nice. Oh, he doesn't take a bad picture. Plus, he has two hands. Well, then it continued, and he sent out pictures of him being poked in the eye, and Greg Rebell chimed in with the finger guns the and his goggles, goggles on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it turned into a thing of its own. So, Eric, thanks for being a good sport, man, and best of luck with the Sacramento Kings. And you have no choice. These are public images. <laughs> Here's today's show lineup, also for public consumption. Mike Oresco, commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, will join us live. Is BYU a primary target for the AAC. We'll ask him straight up along with a bundle of other burning questions. Plus, currently, what is the number one big picture goal of BYU football? Yeah, not this season, but overall, what's the number one goal of the program, in your opinion? We'll break that down. Here are your current BYU Sports Nation headlines. As we just mentioned, it's been confirmed to BYU Sports Nation that former BYU basketball star Eric Mika will play with the Sacramento Kings in the NBA Summer League between July 5th and July 15th. Mika averaged 16.1 points per game, 7.8 rebounds a contest at BYU. He last played for Medi Beirut professionally in Germany. Tyson Williams is one of the out west players we are looking at, according to Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy. Williams rushed for 328 yards, four touchdowns, and had the 152 receiving yards last season at South Carolina. How about this? BYU Athletics finishes 29th overall in the Director's Cup standings, nice. ranking the nation's top overall collegiate athletic programs. Top 30 finish, not bad. The Cougars with an overall score of 738.5 points. Whatever that means. It's highest ranked sport. Men's track and field, not surprisingly, after the incredible run, pun intended, they had. (laughs) They finished eighth, contributing 70 of those 738 points. Highest non-Power 5, higher than Alabama, Auburn, Indiana, Arizona, Maryland. I mean, BYU's got a legit athletic Well done, Cougars. And you don't score points in the the sports where you don't finish, you know, top 30, whatever, and BYU doesn't have all the sports, right? So USC and Stanford and Duke, they have all the sports, so they score more points, and they're good. 
Former Cougars Price Jarman, Ben Patch, Jake Linglois, they all play for the USA national team in the Volleyball Nations League. Uh, final set of three before the finals. U.S. is qualified. They're hosting against Bulgaria today, 1.40 Eastern time. Former Cougar player and assistant coach Rob Nielsen is the head coach this week. Let's go. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Rewind to 2011. Remember these words, access and exposure. Now throw in financial benefit of an ESPN contract, freedom to schedule who you want and when you want, all with the hope of making a national splash and furthering the national brand of BYU. The football program holding the flag as they go out into the nations. Now entering year nine of independence, the landscape of college football has changed and that's probably an understatement there's a playoff now the new year six has replaced the bcs tv deals are more financially lucrative than ever and the financial chasm between power five conferences and group of five conferences continues to widen all of that considered jerem right now with byu and independence what is the number one goal for byu football i would hope that it's to win and win big right i think that it's to be on espn and play a a Tough, amazing schedule. I feel like that's the goal. Obviously, it's great to be synced up with the worldwide leader. There are amazing benefits to this. Uh, One, you're on ESPN for five of your six home games, right? And ESPN, at least uh, ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC for at least three of those, right? Uh, BYU TV gets one of those games. Then they help in scheduling. They help with bowl games. They're the worldwide leader. Self-proclaimed nickname, but it's true in in the States. I don't know if in England they're like, oh, yeah, ESPN, worldwide leader. But... Domestically, yeah, that's a huge brand. So that's awesome. I think that right now, yeah, the goal is to be on ESPN primarily if it boiled down to it. Access and exposure. If it was to win, BYU wouldn't schedule so hard, in my opinion. Because the counter argument I hear a lot is, well, uh, why don't you go to the big sky then? No, 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 no. I want BYU to play a competitive independent schedule, but I don't want BYU to be toast after the first four. I don't want the goal to be to go two and two or four and four. I want the goal to be to go three and one, four and oh, right? But it's just it's just really hard. BYU has a lot of power five-ish things, right? I would hope that BYU is trying to get into a power five conference. I don't think it's the number one goal because BYU can't control that. But what you can control is to become increasingly more attractive to a suitor by continuing to have a great program prestige and tradition, a really nice stadium, a national brand, of course, from uh, winning a national championship and having a Heisman and all these things. But BYU does need to validate its program more recently with more winning. Why is UCF on everyone's radar? Because they win. And no one looks at even who they play necessarily, right? Winning matters the most, more than anything else. The risk-reward conversation is a divisive one within BYU sports. And fans of BYU sports play a harder golf course, but you birdie the first few holes. It feels amazing because you're playing the best golf of your life on the hardest golf course. It can't get any better than this. That's kind of what BYU fans or a measure of them are hoping for with these difficult schedules is what if, what if we play a harder schedule and we make that splash and we beat some of these harder teams, then it becomes extra special, but it's a high risk High-reward situation. It's been high-risk, no reward so far. Outside of 2014. In, in terms of actually making a seasonal splash. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. BYU can always pick off a team or two. That's different. Outside of 2014, and injuries took a huge 
chunk out of that season that or the schedule hopes for wasn't that, that hard. Season. The right. schedule was not that hard. Yes, independence, it feels like, has not been validated because BYU has not had that special season. On the field. Off the field, completely validated. But what my point is that on the field matters the most. Big picture, I would hope BYU is just trying to position for something better. And at the top of that chain is a Power 5 invite. If and when the opportunity truly arises at a speculated next round of conference expansion in the next four to five years, the Cougars are positioning for something better. Now, if we took it smaller to just this season, how about make this season something the Cougars haven't had in independence? One that produces an AP top 25 ranking at season's end and some national clout. You'd have to win 10 games. Has not finished ranked in the top 25 in the AP poll in independence. So how about that be a goal? Do something that you haven't done in independence. That's the stretch goal, as we've talked about. If BYU wins eight games, you want to get to a point where you pay off something. You you don't invest in anything unless you're hoping for a payoff later. The payoff is to get into a Power 5 conference, or if not, that you are a Great program, doing great things. BYU is capable of this. I just think they're holding themselves back with too many tough games in a season. So so you can't have both. You can't level up, but not level up and everything else to meet that. I think BYU is what it is. It's a tremendous program. I just want it to be what it was, which is a top 25 program. Yeah, we saw the product of what could happen on a couple of occasions. In 2014, when BYU was 4-0, they had beaten Texas and Virginia and Houston and taken care of UConn. They were ranked. It was relevant. The program no was brand, complaining about no, they were the, the schedule not being tough darlings. enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then last year, BYU beats Wisconsin, and they beat Arizona. Lost to Cal, but they beat two of those Power fives early in the season, all of a sudden nationally relevant going to Washington, and then they laid an egg. So you can see what it could be if they can sustain it, but that they can't sustain. They haven't been able to do that. Yeah, they can't sustain it. You've got to you've got to realistically schedule with that in mind, right? And now to topic two: graduate transfer running back Tyson Williams from South Carolina continues to get some preseason love, as mentioned in the headlines. So Spencer, where does Tyson Williams fit in your pre-fall camp pecking order? Right now, it has to be second. Because he hasn't done anything for BYU football officially. He's done some interviews. Okay, fine. He's done some interviews with the football pads on and what they brought him here to do, and that's be running back. So he's second, just behind Lopini Katoa, and in my opinion, ahead of Emmanuel Supa. Tyler Algier and company battling after that. BYU wants to use their running backs, and this was stated to us on Media Day and has been stated before Media Day, as pass catchers a lot more. Lopini Katoa, I think, is the best running back pass catcher that BYU has right now, unless a guy like Tyson Williams or Emmanuel Supa can prove otherwise. So Katoa, and Jeff Grimes is a big guy on trust, he trusts Lopini Katoa because he knows what what he has. He's had a year with him in games, in the grind, on the battlefield. Tyson can change this in fall camp, but right now, it's got to be Lopini Katoa as the guy with Tyson Williams number two. This is why I'm more intrigued to watch probably the running back battle than any other position group in fall camp, just because we don't know who the guy is going to be. Yeah, Katoa is a power five running back in that he was going to Oregon State. You could argue whether Oregon State's a power program. I don't really think so. They got power but, five money. I've been to Corvallis a lot. I've yet to really see it manifest in that way. Um, but... I think Tyson Williams, obviously an SEC transfer. Oh, that's big time. 
Um, I think it's neck and neck between those two. I'm, I'm interested to see who gets more carries, who gets more run. Because Tyson Williams uh, obviously is a guy that's a real boon to the BYU running back core. We went into the offseason and said, eh, BYU needs some running backs. They need some depth. And they got him. They got him. And we think that these two, Emmanuel Supa and Tyson Williams, can be contributors. I like these two. I think Katoa had three games of 50-plus, so it wasn't like he had a wildly successful freshman season. He had a great game against New Mexico State. He had a great receiving game against Washington. Granted, that's what Washington was allowing, yeah. and it only yielded seven points in the last second. And that's when Squally Canada was injured. Right. Um, but I, I think the, the number one rusher on the team is, is actually somebody else, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. On non-sack carry, Zach Wilson averaged 7.3 yards per carry. Read option. Zach, well, I, that's not what I want. I want him to be able to run. I don't want him to feel like he has to run a lot because then he's just going to get hurt. They ran the read option. We've played this game a lot. Uh, Zach Wilson is a tremendous runner from the quarterback spot. I'm not saying run him a lot, but I'm saying when he runs, he's really effective. So I think there are some good options for BYU. A couple of seniors. Katoa's a sophomore. Algier is a redshirt freshman. Freshman. Did he redshirt last year? He only played in four, maybe? I think he played enough. I'll have to look, yeah. So you've got some good balance there. Zach Wilson had his way with those Utah ends and those Western Michigan ends in his last two starts. Utah State had a really long run off the bench. And that includes the likes of one of Utah's stud defenders, Bradley and I. What will we see between those two if and when Zach pulls the ball and keeps it trying to get around the Utes? Uh, against, yeah, against Utah, he had this, this play where he got tackled out of bounds, like hard on his shoulder, and I thought, just, just slide or go out of bounds, man. Don't, we don't need two extra yards right here. Once you get the first down, you don't have to be crazy, right? But I look forward to more of those runs in how many days? Mm. Countdown to the Utes. 62 days. Uh, nine weeks from yesterday. Does it feel a little bit more real now? It's getting there. Which, by the way, this is the first time I'm, uh, I'm going to say this on the show. We're going to do a two-hour countdown to kickoff. By the way, Hey-o! For the Utah game. You think it's worth it? Two hours, baby. With all Let, of the buildup? Let's go. <laughs> Got that approved yesterday. Yeah, it starts to feel real when BYU opens up training camp, right? Then it's like, okay, it's on. The countdown to yeah, the real game. We're a month away. On. We're playing. They're in pay- yeah, But, yeah. hey, 62 days. We'll take it. Wonderful. Coming up, who would win more if they teamed up, BYU or the AAC? Ah, yes. AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco set to join us on BYU Sports Nation. We're going to present some tough questions. Like, is BYU in the immediate plans for the AAC? Stay with us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. For the latest and greatest content from BYU Sports Nation, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Live on a Friday from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We now welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco. Mike, it's been a while. Great to have you back on the show. How are you? Hey, thank you. Uh, very well, Spencer. How about, how about you? And, and Jerome, th- thank you. Jerron, uh, thank you very much. Uh, you, you got it, man. Uh, it's been a crazy last week for you, and that's probably putting it lightly. How would you define the past week since news broke that UConn was leaving the conference? 
Well, you know, uh, we've been through it before, but it is uh, not remotely the same. It's not even close to what it was seven years ago. We're a strong, powerful conference now. We're well-established. Uh, this will uh, we'll move on from this. Not going to change anything we're doing. Not going to you know change our commitment to competing at the highest national, I stress, national level in football, men's and women's basketball, Olympic sports, where we're also very good. Uh, we uh, we're going to continue to move forward with our Power Six campaign, uh, uh, and certainly pursue our autonomy goal. As you know, football drives a lot of this, and and we are really really strong in football. Uh, we'll probably even be stronger uh, in football down the road. Uh, you turn a problem into an opportunity. Uh, at basketball, probably what's been camouflaged, uh, fellas, in this is that we're really a good basketball league. Uh, UConn hadn't contributed much to our basketball. I think they're going to get better, and I think they would have been a, a factor in our league. But the fact is, even without them, we're going to be really good in basketball. Uh, so, you know, again, I think we're viewing this as business as usual. Let's get through the exit process, and let's just continue to move forward. Obviously, and I'm sure you'll want to talk about it, we, we have some decisions to make on membership. But uh, other than that, I think, you know, we're in the best shape we've been in in our history. What would be some of the contributing factors to why you would perhaps want to replace UConn as a 12th member in at least football only? Well, we're not anxious to do anything. And, um, you know, the only time we would even think about it is if a school would bring uh, additional value in terms of our brand, in terms of our strength, in terms of TV, in terms of, of uh, you know, a cultural and strategic fit for the future. Uh, if somebody that, that really had those attributes were to call us, and they would have to call us. We're not calling anybody. I, I want to make it very clear to everybody. We're not reaching out to anyone. Uh, if, if people, they know our phone number. If anybody's interested in us, they'll call us. And if they don't, then it means they weren't interested to begin with. The point is we will, you know, be very judicious. We'll be very deliberate about this. The other point I would make, and there's no smugness here, believe me. We, we have worked too hard to build a tremendous conference and brand, both in football and basketball and Olympic sports, to essentially do anything to diminish us at all. We're, only if somebody really adds something would we even consider it. But if somebody did, there's no reason why you wouldn't take the call and at least discuss it. The other thing I want to mention is we're not, we're not raiding other conferences. We have no interest in that. I don't want to keep all these schools, you know, in, in the G5 who might be interested in us on tenter hooks. We know there's going to be significant interest, or already has been, because obviously we have a great TV deal. We get we got a vastly more money than we got before. We have the best exposure of any conference, uh, and we have good. Uh, our exposure rivals the P5 without question. We've got great exposure, especially in football, with ABC, ESPN. Our championship game's been on ABC, you know, four or five straight years. So we we know that we've got a lot going for us. But we, we also realize that we've got to protect what we have and do the right thing by the membership. My job is to make sure we make the right decisions for them, and we'll be deliberate. I think, by the way, we will probably know, uh, fellas, within oh, two or three weeks when we meet in Newport, Rhode Island, for our media day, which direction uh, we're likely to go in. I, I think, you know, this is... You know, it's a process that uh, we'll talk about. But the other thing I would reiterate is we can stay at 11. We, we Again, we're, we're very happy at 11. We've got 11 good schools. And basketball, as I said, we're really good in basketball, too. We don't need to worry about basketball, even though we are losing UConn. 
Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, with us on BYU Sports Nation. When that news about UConn broke, it took all of about 0.4 seconds for BYU fans and many national pundits to say, hey, BYU's a football independent. They might be a perfect fit for the American Athletic Conference with the parameters that you just laid out. Would BYU, hypothetically speaking, be a desired fit for your conference? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I would say, though. BYU is obviously a great program. It's a great national program. It has a ton of history. I go back 30 or 35 years with BYU from my days at ESPN. Uh, you know, in the 80s, I, I put BYU on a lot. Uh, you know, I've been out there. I've, I've spoken to the Cougar Club on, on uh, more than one occasion. I've been treated, uh, you know, like royalty out there. Everybody there has been wonderful to me. Tom Holmo's a close friend. Kevin Worthen, the president, has been terrific. Uh, we have just enormous respect for BYU, and I have great affection because I go back to, you know, obviously, uh, you know, to the days when, you know, BYU uh, – you know, played in, in the old whack, and, and, you know, obviously Glenn Tuckett was a, a, a close friend. Uh, you know, we all, we all revered Lavelle. Uh, there's just so much history there. So I can't say enough good things about BYU. But having said that, uh, we, you know, we've got a lot of thinking to do about this. But, by, by the way, BYU has shown no interest in joining a conference, none, zero, from what we can see. Uh, you know, and again, there are some schools, and I'm not going to go into it. Uh, if they called us, I get, you know, we would certainly listen. We would certainly talk to them. Uh, you know, geography is always an issue in these things. It's not the decisive thing. Uh, you know, we probably was with San Diego State years ago when they, they and Boise were going to come in. And once Boise decided not to, they wanted their own TV deal. We wouldn't let them do it. Uh, they couldn't do it and stay in our conference, just as UConn's not going to be able to stay in our conference in football. Uh, we uh, we decided that San Diego State was just too much of an outlier out on the West Coast. just didn't make sense. Football, you can do things that you can't do in basketball because you only, in our case, you only have four road games because we play an eight-game schedule. We're going to continue to play an eight-game schedule because obviously we need those non-conference games. We play in the next 10 years. We're going to play over 150 games with the P5, and, and we're still adding them, so it, may, it will be considerably even more. And what that means is each school will likely have two or three a year with the P5, which means you need that those four games. You need to balance out those games against the P5. So we're going to stick whether we stay at 11 or whether we add a team. We're going to we're going to stick to the eight-game conference schedule. And that means travel isn't quite as uh, as significant as it is in basketball. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, when, when you have somebody in a time zone that's distant, uh, you know, it's a factor, but it's not the decisive factor. Uh, we're not looking to add a nor- Northeast team, for example, just to be in the Northeast. We're looking to add value if we add anyone at all. And I would say right now our inclination is we can stay put. Uh, we don't need to do anything Fortunately, we have built our programs, we have built our brand, and we've got great teams in both sports and women's basketball. And they were overshadowed by UConn because they're so good in women's basketball. They're not going to lose to anybody in, in, in uh, you know, uh, any conference they play in. So, uh, anyway, that, that's where we are on this, uh, and we'll see what happens. The campaign to be a Power Six conference is really interesting given that the Big East was one and then there was a rebrand and the Big East is a basketball league separate and whatnot. So is there any way that the Power Five is going to let the American be validated and sanctioned as a power conference in the future? Like, is there anything uh, the American Athletic Conference can do? 
We think we think so. We think it's inevitable. We think we're obviously getting closer to them every day. We've we've had almost 40 P5 wins. Uh, we play them. We we win. We've been in four of the six New Year's Day bowls. We've won three of them. Would have won four if Mackenzie Milton had been healthy. In all likelihood, you know we we've done everything we need to do. We're, we're really good in basketball. Uh, our schools are big. We're in big markets. We have all sorts of benefits. Uh, it's going to happen. I just don't know when, and, and we'll, we'll knock the door down eventually, I believe. I really do believe that. Uh, I don't think they can keep us out because the whole system's going to lack credibility if, if we're clearly a P6, and I think we are. Uh, you know, they'll say, well, you don't have the resources we have. Well, guess what? The new TV deal gives us enough resources to compete at an even higher level than we've been competing at, and we've done pretty well with, with the revenue we had, which was, you know, relatively small compared to, to what we'll get. Pac-12 doesn't get anywhere near the revenue that the SEC or the Big Ten gets uh, or the ACC will get. But they're nevertheless a P5 conference. Uh, we have an interesting group of schools that in the new world of college football, in the new world of social media, of cable television, of great, of great exposure, have really uh, distinguished themselves and really made great strides and have become something that they weren't maybe 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And, fellas, that's because of the conference they're in. You know, they've done it in the American. You saw what UCF's done the last two years. They've become a certified grade-A national brand. Houston has done unbelievable things. Memphis, twice on beautiful sunny Saturdays, they upset Ole Miss and they upset UCLA on ABC. <laughs> national TV. That, that did a lot for their brand. And, and Memphis, you know, was not, you know, they always had good football, but it wasn't at this level. Same thing with Cincinnati and others. When, when this league got formed, I always felt it had great potential if it stayed together, and that's been proven out. Mike Oresco, commissioner of the AAC, with us on BYU Sports Nation on a Friday. As far as a football-only proposition goes, with the likes of BYU or another school, how open are you to adding just a football member to make the football conference 12? We'd be open to it, but we're not, you know, we're we're not committed to it by any means. We're open to it, but I think we are also extremely open to staying at 11. If we stay at 11, we'd need a waiver, but we think we can get it from the NCAA to play a championship game. We're not going to give up our championship game under any circumstances. It's too valuable for all sorts of reasons, including to ESPN. But if we played a championship game with our two best teams, for example, and we did a schedule similar to the Big Ten's, uh, that they did for 20 years with, with Penn State. And by the way, we've talked to the Big Ten office. We have good friends there, and they've told us how they did it and how they preserved certain rivalries like Ohio State-Michigan. We would absolutely have to main, maintain UCF, USF every year. Houston-SMU is a Texas rivalry we'd probably want to maintain. It's totally doable. We'd need the waiver, and we'd say to the NCAA, and, and it would be an FBS decision, why wouldn't you want to give us a waiver and, and probably pass legislation? Because, uh, first of all, it should be our business how we determine our champion, not somebody else's. Second, why would you encourage us to add a 12th team and raid another conference, perhaps, in order to get a championship game? Why would you encourage us to, to jettison a team to get back to 10 because you can play a championship game with 10? A lot of this is arbitrary. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been, the legislation has been piecemeal. It's been done on the basis of, okay, the Big 12's got a problem. Let's solve it by passing legislation. Uh, the, the Sun Belt has a problem. Let's solve it by passing legislation. That's the way it's been done. And we would say, look, why don't you just pass a rule that allows people to do it the way they want to? And in lieu of that, we would certainly want to have legislation or a waiver at the outset 
to be able to play with 11 teams and, and still play a championship game when we don't do a round robin. We're clearly not going to do a round robin with 11 teams. You know, and, and, and we want to preserve the eight-game schedule for the reasons I, I uh, enumerated earlier. So I think it's all doable. I, I don't know which way we'll ultimately go. I have an inclination that we'll be, be, be likely to stay at 11. Uh, and as I said, if, if people call us and it makes sense, we'll listen. Uh, and I'm not mentioning, you know, people ask me about teams in the G5. I didn't want to mention anyone. Uh, the last thing I want to do, fellas, is rile the college community. We're not going to keep conferences on tenter hooks. You know, if in three or four years, for example, there was a team that emerged that really wasn't there now, you could argue that UCF wouldn't have been there 10 years ago, but look at them now. I think we would entertain, if they had an interest in the conference, and they would have to have an interest in us, we would entertain that. Uh, but I don't think we need to, and we're fortunate that we don't need to. And I say this, again, without any smugness. Uh, we, we know how good we are. We know how, how hard we've worked to get there. And I don't think there's any way we would do anything that didn't enhance our brand. Mike, it's great to talk to you. Incredible points you bring up. Uh, we appreciate you uh, in your busy schedule taking time to answer some uh, some tough questions and questions that really are are tough to answer. So, as always, you're a class act. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that, uh, Spencer and Jerron. And, and by the way, again, I, I just want to say hi to the community there and to to BYU because again, we have that wonderful relationship. I, I wouldn't want anybody to read anything into that, but I just want to again uh, say that we 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 do have a, a great friendship with with Tom and and with. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Worthen and, and all the people there. And, uh, again, uh, compliments to the community, and thanks for having me. Appreciate you got it. it. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Mike Oresco on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I want to bring up a sentence that he just put out there in the last 60 seconds. I have an inclination that we're likely to stay at 11 teams. Yeah, he made that very clear, that they're looking at, both options, which is stay or expand, but that they would be just fine with the 11. And he's right. I think the AAC has overtaken the Mountain West. The Mountain West, when BYU was in it with Utah and TCU, was a fantastic conference in football and basketball. There was, there was a year where there were three teams in the top 25, which is something that the AAC has been producing the last couple of years, right, with the likes of UCF and Cincinnati recently and Memphis and Navy until I think last year, right? They have some really good programs. Obviously, in basketball, they have good schools. We saw it firsthand with Houston. We're going to see it again, BYU at Houston this year. Um, you know, UConn has struggled in basketball the last couple of years, and that's probably the reason that they have moved is, well, we missed the Big East. We thrived in the Big East. Let's go back there. Their women's team went 124-0 and in conference It doesn't play. matter. They can play, <laughs> yeah, everybody As else. As he said, they'll beat everyone else wherever yeah, they're playing. They're, they're good. So it doesn't and, – and they're not reaching out. The schools have to reach back out to them. How about that? So lots to break down from yeah, that. Yeah, he made that clear as well. We're not calling anybody. Yeah. We'll, How about we'll that? take phone calls, but we're not calling anybody. That's my number one goal with my phone as well. Coming up, more of your responses on what BYU football's number one goal is. And BYU with a top 30 finish in the Director's Cup. What does it mean, Jerem? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Friday. I'm Spencer Linton, or Spender Linton, alongside Jerron, or is it Jerem Jordan? It's, it's all good, baby. It's all good. <laughs> I have a weird name to those outside our culture, <laughs> our religion. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
It's been confirmed to BYU Sports Nation that former BYU basketball standout Eric Mika will play with the Sacramento Kings in the NBA Summer League, which takes place in July from the 5th to the 15th. Mika last played for Medi Beirut professionally in Germany. We're missing headline one. Headline one is American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco was just on BYU Sports yes, Nation yes. and says that uh, he hasn't reached out to BYU. They haven't reached BYU hasn't reached out to them. Right? Uh, they and have. They he, need to call us. And he says they're we likely to stay at eleven teams. That's headline one. I'm sorry, there that was go. headline two. That's true. Okay, headline true. headline three. Tyson Williams is one of the Out West players we are looking at, according to Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy. Williams rushed for 328 yards and four touchdowns, as well as 152 receiving yards last year at South Carolina. We talked about uh, throwing the ball to the running backs. Tyson Williams averaged 17 yards per catch uh, last year and had a similar amount of yards on half the catches as, as Lombini and Katoa. So perhaps BYU has at least two guys that can catch out of the backfield. BYU Athletics finishes 29th overall in the Director's Cup standings, ranking the nation's top overall collegiate athletic programs. The Cougars... With an overall score of 738 and a half. We're not really sure what that means, but it's good enough I for a top 30 placing. The highest ranking the sport or the school produced rather is men's track and field in eighth, contributing 70 of those 738 points. And USA men's volleyball nations league play today. USA Bulgaria coming up at 140 Eastern time. Former Cougars Price Jarman, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois play for the U.S. Coached by Rob Nielsen which is pretty cool, all former Cougs. Our question of the day. Right now, within the realm of BYU football, what's the number one overall goal? We're and not majority, talking this year. We're the talking majority of these answers have gone picture. small picture. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about 2019. We're talking about the, like, the program, not 2019 football. Widen it out. Mary Krantz answers on Facebook. Again, this is more her answer is more about the short term. She says, as Al Davis, former Raider of the, or, or owners of the Raiders, said, just win, baby. Well, that's always the goal. Yeah, besides that. Long term, two to five years out, a New Year's Six Bowl game. Well, then schedule differently because it ain't happening. BYU wins 40% of its games. Lavelle Edwards, Bronco Mendenhall, Kalani Stock is a little below that, 35%. Historically, it's 40% versus Power 5 teams. It's just not going to happen. If you schedule five, you're scheduling three losses. Typically. Only four this year, Jerem. Only four. So two. And then you're playing a tough three of four on the road against quality teams in Toledo and Boise State and Utah State and South Florida. So it's tough, right? If you really wanted to win, you would schedule to win. You would set yourself up to win. At BYU to NFL answers on Twitter. What I think the goal should be is to win another national championship and be consistently in the top 25. One of those two could happen. What I think the board of directors' goal is to use the football team as a missionary tool, which it would be if it was consistently in the top 25. I'm not sure that that's the case anymore, right? Because uh, BYU is embraced on this channel in the sports programming, but the other programming doesn't reference BYU hardly at all, right? It's, it's meant to be together. It's meant to promote good family morals and whatnot to a, to a perhaps audience that is members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and others, anybody, right? So I'm, I'm not sure that that's like the main mission, per se, uh, of the football program. I think it's to, uh, yeah, show that, hey, we're normal and we play football, and it's not a 150 years ago, right? April, April, Chessman Kerstich answers on Facebook. 
BYU needs to win eight games, nine including the bowl game. This will show huge improvement from the last two years and put BYU in a trajectory for a New Year's Six bowl game in Zach Wilson's senior season. Let's talk about a New Year's Six, okay? The only way BYU gets into a New Year's Six is if they're undefeated. It really is, in my opinion. That Perhaps there's a scenario where there's a one-loss, whatever. BYU is not competing with the Group 5 to get into a New Year's Six. They're competing with the other Power 5 teams who didn't make other New Year's Six bowl games by being champs or the playoff. Okay. It, BYU would so, have to be an at-large competitive with the best of the rest of the Power 5. BYU would have to be a top 10 team Probably, to make yeah. or even have a shot in yeah. a New Year's Six game, a.k.a. undefeated. Because if, if a non-Power 5 team loses a game, boom, you go down. It just There's no respect uh, to those teams outside that, outside of Notre Dame, right? So that ain't happening. It's not happening under the, the uh, current schedule. Okay, if if there was like one power five a year, now you got a shot. And even then, there are quality group of fives that are hard to beat. BYU, BYU can't beat Utah State the majority of the time right now, let alone go undefeated, right? BYU's lost two in a row to Utah State, and the words national champion come out. We have bigger problems in the state than a <laughs> national championship. You can't beat Utah eight in a row. You can't beat Utah State right now. Do that first. Beat your rivals. Before you even explore the idea Start of there. New Year's Six, yeah. get out of here. Start with your rivals for sure. We've discussed the special season, correct? When is it most likely to happen for BYU in independence? I have circled 2021 Ever? and 2024, almost jokingly. Yeah. But I do like the 2021 schedule with the idea of Zach Wilson as a senior. I do too, but he could win nine games against all those Power 5 teams, and we'd be like, hey, that's good. But the nation doesn't care about a non-11 or 12-win non-Power 5 team. They just don't care. Ten wins is borderline interest, right? Yes, because I would then take you're probably ranked at the end of the season. We're not like New Year's six and ranked. There's a huge chasm between those, let alone where BYU is and top twenty-five. So, so let's start with BYU finishing a season ranked because yes, that hasn't yes. happened. Yes, I, yes, exactly. Coming up, which minor leaguer extended his hit streak to ten games? And BYU to the American Athletic Conference is not happening. We will tell you why next. This is BYU Sports Nation. What? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, a loaded Friday. I'm fired up, man, after the last segment. I'm well, fired up. Not to mention our conversation with the Jerron commissioner of the fired up. American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco. <laughs> Our question of the day right now, what's the number one goal for BYU football? Think big so Get my name pronounced correctly. Think big picture. It's the number one goal. I've, I've heard all kinds of iterations. I've never heard that one. That's funny. <laughs> Jerome. Well, he started Jaren. with the usual. Jerome. Yeah. Jerome's grown. Jerron is new. Like Tyson. <laughs> Jerron. I got, a, I got a new name. That's great. That's a great day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Quran. He, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, like Quran. Exactly. We just heard him. Exactly. Speaking of Yukon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Twiggier Stone tweets in. Let's see. Goals to win games. Winning is what gets you noticed and ranked. You get better recruits because you're winning games and being discussed. Yes, that, yes obviously. The team gets better and wins more games repeat. Quant- no, quantify it besides winning, duh. Come on. 
Yeah. Come on. Big picture. Big picture. It's like, what's the goal for your kid? To keep him alive. Yes. Like, besides that, come on. After our conversation with Mike Oresco, is BYU going to the AAC a non-topic now? Because it kind of feels that way. It might have been from the beginning, but we just wanted to explore the idea. There's nothing wrong with that, right? You should explore ideas even if you're comfortable. Just to see if there's not an avenue, right? So Tom Homel has stated multiple yeah. times. Let's the goal, do the math. The goal of BYU football is to be invited to a Power Five conference. Okay. That doesn't change. In the last media, um, you know, outing with him, he said that he hasn't said anything. Uh, I guess recently this week about it, but we know kind of what that was. Mike Oresco tells us the AC isn't calling schools. The schools have to call them. So if BYU wants to be in the AC, they would call uh, the AC now. Uh, Let's discuss this. If the Pac-12 or Big 12 had a team that left like UConn, we would be freaking out right now with excitement. Oh, oh. and BYU would be Rumors the first be to swirling. call. Yes. Your brother's cousin's buddy that works in the athletic department or whatever. Rumors. Cougar board would actually have content that might matter. Like, it would be incredible, right? But what is it right now? Listen, you can hear it. It's nothing. There's nothing. Nothing's coming out of BYU. There are no rumors of BYU to the AAC. The American is not calling BYU. Not, correct. Nothing. Nothing. It's not happening. It's not happening. Now, for now, if BYU does not get invited to a Power 5 conference, perhaps this is a move that would make sense. If the AAC becomes a Power conference, which I don't know how they would. I don't think the Power 5 will yield and let them in. History lesson, real quick. Big East is a Power Six conference. They have an automatic bid to the Fiesta Bowl, one of the BCS games. Yeah. Once the Big East uh, reforms into a basketball-only area in the AAC conference, and the AAC kind of rebrands with a lot of those teams and adds some and gets picked uh, to other conferences, Pitt, Louisville, and so on, then all of a sudden, West Virginia. Syracuse. Then all of a sudden... It's a, it's not a power conference. If they became a power conference and they were right, or they were right now, BYU is knocking on that door immediately to get in. Sure, because the point is the access, the access to money and the access to a meaningful bowl game. Right now, BYU has access to a bowl game. ESPN sets up for them, so they have one. Right? Yes. It's it's a whatever. Hawaii Bowl is going to be great. We're going to enjoy it if. If BYU's in that, and we go to that, and we're going to have a great time, and we appreciate all that. But BYU's looking to get into a big-time bowl game at some point. BYU's been to one big-time bowl game, the Cotton Bowl. The only way this whole dialogue continues and that this ever became a reality is if Mike Oresco and Tom Holmo, in collaboration with ESPN, can get on the same page that this would better position BYU to hit the ultimate goal of joining a Power Five. That's the only way. I wonder how much ESPN cares about that for BYU. Because I know ESPN cares about uh, helping BYU as much as possible, but that's because ESPN's getting games on its network. All six games. ESPN cares about eyeballs and potential earnings. Yes, everyone's first interest is themselves. And for we have a fly. We yeah. have, you is got that a mosquito? That's no, a mosquito. How Don't did worry a mosquito about it. get in here? Focus. Wow. <laughs> Go towards the light, Mosquito. Hold on. I can get it. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. It moved. Get it with the blue goggles. It's right there. Oh, dang. It moved. Focus. Why? I'm no Jeff Grimes. Okay. 
Now, here's the thing. Do you disagree? I, oh, I think that ESPN doesn't necessarily care about helping BYU get in the AAC. Otherwise, they do it. I don't, yeah, think they, that, I don't think they care. The only reason I bring ESPN into the conversation is because BYU is in active conversations with them right now negotiating a contract. I think if I'm ESPN, I go, mm, we don't like the idea. We're, hey, we're hearing the AC thing. Like, no, 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 you're with us. We're good. Don't worry about it. And Mike Oresco said, we're going to have this thing essentially shored up by the time we get to media days in like three weeks. Wasn't well, today media is, day? We had Oresco on. You think this is happening that fast? If BYU's not calling the AAC and the no, AAC's not no calling rumors. BYU. There's no smoke here. There's no smoke here. So you might be asking yourself, why did you guys talk about it all week? One, it's June. Two, let's just explore the ideas. There's nothing wrong with thinking around this. We're not saying BYU's going. I'm not saying BYU should go. I, I've said if Power Five's the goal, maybe that's a better option. Well, we didn't know until today the mindset of the American Athletic Conference. Right. And so, of course, our minds are going to wander and explore things. Now we can bring it back because we have some information. And Yes, and Oresco said we're not reaching out, but what has Mike Oresco done today? He's gone on one local radio station in Salt Lake. He's come on the nationally televised and radio BYU Sports Nation. So he's talking to the Salt Lake market uh, because the interests of the AAC are still out there. You don't want to burn any bridges or not cultivate relationships that you may uh, take advantage of later. You're really good at that with people, right? You get a free round of golf later for the one chat you had two years ago or whatever. That's all, that's all really good, right? I think, it's good. I think it's good we're chatting about this because guess what? If BYU doesn't get into a Power 5 conference, we're having the same conversation, yes. but with more urgency, way more urgency. Let's not be naive. BYU would be a perfect football-only fit in the interest of the American Athletic Conference. You listen to what he said. We want somebody that can bring value and add national brand and has eyeballs on TV. BYU clearly fits all of those. But the AAC is not going to make the first direct move. And BYU, we don't think, is going to make I doubt. a direct move. It's been a full week of this, and we've heard nothing. This is Officially, a unofficially, nothing. Very passive-aggressive way of Mike Oresco coming on with us and yeah. other members of no. the local media saying, I think it's smart. Hey, we're here, but we're not directly contacting We're you. indirectly. Yes, here. it is, I, it I is think indirect it's contact. Yeah. I think it's smart. you got to show, show well, hey, we're good. We don't need you. Right, but we wouldn't mind but having you. If you, you. called us, we'd chat. Right, <laughs> like no, I, I think it's smart. Yeah, it's just right now it's not happening. It's not yeah, happening. It's not happening. Okay, coming up, where is Eric Mika playing in the NBA Summer League? It is a red, white, and blue type of day. Team USA against France. Yeah, let's go. Also red, white, and blue. Let's go, baby. What's the deal? Hey, and what about the Netherlands? This is BYU Sports Nation. Texas toast greater than French toast. Welcome back to the show. Shout out to today's guest, American Athletic Commissioner Mike Oresco. Right now, it's not happening, people. No. The show's on demand via the podcast, BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Let's whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NBA. Well, hopefully, Eric Mika will play with the Sacramento Kings in the NBA Summer League. Uh, that means he's going to play against uh, Jimmer Fredette. Football. I, I'm not done. Uh, <laughs> Mika played in Italy and Germany the last two seasons. Now to football. Tyson Williams named, quote, one of the out west players we are looking at, end quote, by Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl and NFL draft analyst. That from a tweet he sent out yesterday. 
Athletics News. Brigham Young finishes 29th in the Director's Cup standings, which is the highest non-Power 5 team. Very nice. Volleyball. Nations League news. Former Cougars Price Jarman, Ben Patch, Jake Langlois play for the U.S. men's national team against Bulgaria today at 140 Eastern in the FIVB Volleyball Nations League tournament. The team led by head coach Rob Nielsen, also of BYU lineage. Bob. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair compete in day two of the Utah Championship on the Corn Ferry <laughs> Tour today, formerly known as the Web.com Tour. Summerhays is tied for third at six under, playing a tremendous uh, round of golf. Zach Blair, two under after day one. He's off at 340 Eastern. Spencer uh, wh- on five. Wh- what is Corn Ferry? I don't know. Neither do I. It's a new sponsor, apparently. <laughs> it's Corn with a K, though, so maybe it's the band. Hey, 2003 Masters champion, BYU alum Mike Weir, tied for 47th, four under, day two of the Rocket Mortgage Classic ah! on the PGA Tour. Jerron? Cougars in the minors. Oh, my gosh. Brendan Lund extended his hitting streak to 10 games with the single in yesterday's Salt Lake Bees win over the Reno Aces. He's batting 474 over the last 10. Jackson Klopp extended his hit streak to six games yesterday, going one for four with a run scored in a 3-1 Hagerstown Suns loss to the... Delmarva Shorebirds. And in double A, Colton Shaver, two for three, a home run, three, two, Corpus Christi hooks win over the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Oh, That's boy, a real Colton. thing I checked. Colton got the call to double A this year. Yep. Now he's hitting home runs there. Soccer. Let's go. World Let's go. Update. Let's go. Woo. USA. Team USA faces the host nation France today in the quarterfinals of three Eastern. Huge game. Secondary team, the Netherlands, plays Italy tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern for a spot in the semis. Today's rise and shout-outs. Now, Jeremy, you go first. UA Athletics, 29th, fantastic, better than Alabama, Oklahoma, Auburn, TCU, Michigan State, many others. I'm going to hop on board with that. You cool with that? I'm so cool with that. Fantastic. Thanks, Spender. You got it. The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Joey Brockhoff answers on Facebook. Number one goal every year should be to win the national championship. Beating Utah is part of the process to reach that goal. How about we beat Utah State first? What are we talking about a national championship? That's the stupidest thing. <laughs> are you kidding me? Dennis Pitta, sorry, ran out of time. Conversation <laughs> continues on the internet. Your alternate personality is Jerome. Gosh! Angry Be Jer- Utah State first! Angry Jerem is Jerome. Be Utah! Shout out to number 62, Jason Ball. See you on Monday. Go Be Utah State!